Oof, this time we really mean it. This is way over our heads. It's a weather and climate podcast. I'm Jim Dubois. Kenny Blumenfeld's a climatologist. Uh, Kenny, boy, uh, you had a nice ride in to work today, didn't you? A little brisk, to say the least. Yeah, it was a sub-zero bike ride with snow, and usually I can handle one of the two pretty well. This this slowed me down. Uh, it's about an hour to get in instead of 40 minutes. So, but yeah, you know, we're, we're in the midst of uh, the beginning of a uh, winter storm, so. Right. Well, here we are, like two weeks in a row, although the storms are not similar, uh, and we'll explain that here in just a little bit. Kenny, we have uh, numerous winter storm watches, warnings, uh, warnings about travel, wind chill concerns. Let's talk about it. We've got a storm kind of bearing down on us right now. Yeah, so so the highlights, you know, and we can go into more details in a little bit, but the highlights are that it's uh, it's snowing, obviously, in much of Minnesota right now. And that, that snow is actually going to end tonight. And if you were thinking, you know, oh, the snow is going to be the most hellacious thing we've ever seen because of all the hype, or if you were thinking you know, where's the wind? The real thing here is that the snow is not the main story. The main story is the wind that's going to follow it about 12, 18 hours after for most of Minnesota and really for the whole region, for people traveling out of town. This is just a very large system. It goes all the way down to Missouri and over to Indiana. So if you're really driving anywhere in that region, it's not so much today, Wednesday, solstice day, but later on Thursday and into Friday, that's when the conditions, because of blowing snow and deeply dangerous wind chills, are really going to take off. So it's kind of a regional winter storm event. It's right on the edge of being a big, gigantic ground blizzard. But, you know, again, we're not there just yet. First, we have to contend with the accumulating snowfall. You know, as we were talking about, this is just uh, kind of you know, the second major winter weather system in a row, um, one week after the last one. So uh, a lot to deal with here in Minnesota. Yeah, Kenny, just a week ago, you and I were talking about the winter storm that came through. And we might mention that, uh, you know, I heard some some rumblings from people in the Twin Cities last week. Uh, some folks who said, you know, you guys talked a lot about how bad this was going to be, and it didn't seem all that terrible here in the Twin Cities. Yeah, the roads were slicked up a bit, uh, but hey, it's winter in Minnesota. But we should point out, while maybe we got away with uh, with not a huge dumping of snow here, we're talking, what, 20-plus inches up in the Arrowhead region, right? Yeah, 30, 30 to 40 inches in, in the Finland area and in... Uh outside of two harbors and even on the west end of Duluth. So it was a, it was a major, major snowstorm and it was heavy. We had even in the twin cities, some spotty power outages and limbs coming down. But if you go North, this was a devastating snowstorm. Um, just the scope of the tree damage is kind of hard to comprehend. I mean, you know, if you think of like a, a thunderstorm blowdown event where you have, you know, a, a mile wide swath that's maybe 30 or 40 miles long where the trees are just flattened. You, you have this concentration of trees where they're just all down. This is different. Here, maybe for each acre, there's maybe three or four or maybe 10 damaged trees per acre of forest, you know, with limbs down. But it's, it's essentially every acre in the entire northern half of Minnesota. That's, so that's, you know, 
that's what is that tens of millions of it's a lot of acres <laughs> there's a lot of trees there's a lot of trees that went down uh, we don't know exactly how many but i wouldn't be surprised if the number of trees is in the millions so i might have had my acreage calculation in my head wrong but the point is there's a lot of forest acres in minnesota and there's a lot of uh a lot of trees, and even if just a small fraction of those trees gets damaged, um, it all really, when you once you add it all up, it becomes this enormous number. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I would say it's easy to get myopic and to kind of focus on exactly where you are. And since we have so many people living in the Twin Cities metro area, we tend to um, culturally kind of focus on that. But a lot of weather happens outside of the Twin Cities area where people are living and working and uh you know, it's definitely it's definitely bigger than just the Twin Cities. And even even if in, say, Minneapolis or St. Paul or, you know, Maplewood, it seems pretty tame. It might be in a different part of town. It might be much worse. And that, that's kind of true with any of the weather hazards that we often discuss on this uh, on this podcast, Jim. Well, Kenny, as you alluded to earlier, not only do we have the massive tree damage, but a lot of damage to electrical infrastructure. A lot of power lines went down, and there were people in parts of uh, northeastern Minnesota who were without power for four or five days. And that's nothing to joke about, because I think I heard uh, one woman who was interviewed on NPR say that her house temperature got down to about 41 degrees. Fortunately, her pipes did not freeze. But, uh, I mean, to lose power is any time of the year is an inconvenience. But at this time of the year, it's downright dangerous. Yeah. You know, we can dovetail that back into some of the details on the coming storm because, you know, we were lucky with the last winter storm in that it started pretty warm and it ended pretty warm. So those power outages, you know, as inconvenient as they were, we weren't surrounded by, uh, for the most part, by deadly air afterwards. Uh, So we were lucky because that storm, one of the reasons it was so wet and did so much damage is because it was not able to access the cold Arctic air. And I should say this, you know, in terms of tree damage, this is one of the most damaging winter storms I know of. In fact, I would just say because we haven't searched through everything at the climate office, so we don't know what else might be out there in the history, but this is definitely in my my life and my career, the most damaging winter storm to trees that Minnesota has experienced this last one. And, you know, this storm coming through now has much lighter snow with it, but it's going to start once those winds crank up, the loading on trees again might be significant, especially the trees that still have heavy snow weighing them down. We might actually see more limbs and trees coming down uh, as we get into Friday with those strong winds developing. So we, we may not even be done with the tree damage and the, and the uh, disruptions to the electrical grid. And this would be a real problem if that happens, because now when the power goes out, it's going to be very cold outside and uh, people are just going to need to hunker down. So uh, yeah, a lot, lot of hazards with this coming weather system. And Kenny, before we talk about the specific impacts of this coming system, uh, let's talk a little bit without delving too deeply into the physics of snowflake production, but let's talk about some of the differences between last week's storm and this week's storm. And one of the things that comes to mind immediately, you alluded to it, is last week's snow 
was heavy and wet. It had a very high moisture content. You know, I think I've seen more snowmen. And because it's been as cold as it has, they have not, and women and, and different kinds of snow people. Sure, snow people. Uh, yes, yeah, snow people, yes. And uh, because of the cold weather, we haven't seen them melt away. Uh, and luckily, no one in the neighborhood has chosen to destroy them. So I guess that's nice. But, you know, it's not all that common that we see snowfall in Minnesota, at least in the Twin Cities, that's conducive to making snow people. But that was the reason why the snow we had last week worked so well for putting snow people together. It was moist and it was heavy. You know, it was true heart attack snow. Now, the snow that's coming in this particular storm is going to be dry and light and not necessarily heart attack snow, but it will present its own kind of hazard. So, Kenny, what's the difference between the snow we saw last week and the snow we're going to see with this storm system? Well, I think you kind of hit it, you hit on it pretty well, um, the main difference is the temperature. So, you know, most of our precipitation, even our thunderstorm rain, forms as little ice crystals. And then what happens is the ice crystals fall through uh, a region wherever they form. They fall from that formation region and they either, you know, melt and turn into raindrops or they melt and refreeze and turn into sleet or they go through a growth phase as snowflakes. And really, when the temperatures are from about, you know, especially below freezing, uh, and remember, we're talking about up in the clouds, but when the temperatures are below freezing and then down to, you know, right around zero, you form the kind of traditional six-sided snowflakes that you kind of think of, and they're often portrayed, um, you know, reasonably accurately, and those are called dendrites, and that's what the majority of our snow is. It's dendritic snow and it becomes more efficient or uh, it can accumulate better as temperatures within that temperature zone you know between about freezing and zero degrees fahrenheit um, as temperatures fall through that zone so you get um, essentially the snow has a, a little bit more air in the inside of the flake and distributed along the different um, kind of branches of that tree-like structure and uh, so you end up uh, distributing the same amount of moisture over a, a larger area and you end up with, you know, a fluffier snow that accumulates better. So when you have really warm conditions, the snow will all often be almost melting as it's falling, but barely retaining that snow type structure. And you end up with like this kind of pancake <laughs> that's just soaking wet. And when you get a whole bunch of those, you get this big, wet, dense snowpack. It's easy to compact it, uh, it often will compact itself over time. It'll, you'll just see it sort of settle. So accumulations tend to drop once the snow has been on the ground. So six-inch snow starts turning into a five-inch or a four-inch snow after a while because that heavy, wet snow uh, starts to compact itself and it becomes you know, denser. Some of the water will even get wrung out of the bottom and you end up with a mat of almost ice after a while. Once you get down into, say, the temperatures in the 20s or in the teens, you get really optimal snowflake formation and you get nice fluffy snows. And then even down into the single digits above zero, it's easy to get very large accumulations. And I'd say at temperatures below about 23, 22 degrees, that's when you enter the zone where blowing snow, once it's on the ground, becomes a real hazard. It's not sticky anymore. And so the snow can 
not only blow while it's falling, but it can continue to blow and drift once it's landed. And that's where you start to get the compound hazard of blowing and drifting snow uh, when it's windy with a lot of our our winter storms. And of course, you know, temperatures in the region today are in the single digits above and below zero. So the snow that we're getting now is very dry. It's very easy to blow around. And once those winds come up, the snow is going to blow like crazy. The one thing that isn't clear and that's a source of some uncertainty is um, we're so cold that those dendrite style snowflakes often don't form as easily in these conditions. And sometimes instead you end up with little needles and those needle shaped crystals don't accumulate as well. They're, they're smaller. Um, they kind of fall more like sand. And so instead of maybe getting five to 10 inches of snow, you, you know, maybe you end up with um, three to six inches or something like that. But uh, yeah, so there's a whole physics to the formation and the, the maintenance of snow that's uh, governed mostly by the temperature of the air, not only in which the snow forms, but uh, through which the snow falls. So Kenny, let's talk about the timing and the specific impacts of this storm system. So here in South Minneapolis, the snow started falling about eight o'clock this morning. We're recording the afternoon of uh, December 21st, the winter solstice, appropriately enough. And we're going to see snow continue for today get a little respite tomorrow, and then the winds really start to kick up. So what is the timing, Kenny, over the next several days, and how will this storm system play out? Yeah, sure. And, you know, usually, Jim, when we're talking about various weather hazards, um, I caution against using too many of the National Weather Service warning and watch products because they often will change quickly. So if we say, like, I don't know, on a day with a severe weather risk, if we say, well, Minnesota is in a slight risk of severe weather, that could change, you know, within a matter of hours, it might be upgraded or downgraded to a higher risk. Uh, but this time, I think we could break from that tradition because there are blizzard warnings out coming right up to the Western Twin Cities area. So um, currently, blizzard warnings are in effect for the Southern counties, uh, for all of Southern Minnesota, starting at Scott and Dakota and Carver County and going south to the Iowa border and in through Iowa, actually. And then also uh, to the west of the Twin Cities, towards the Minnesota River, basically getting into uh, the Minnesota River Valley. That whole area from Basically, uh, the southern and western Twin Cities, that includes St. Cloud area, Wright County, um, west to the Minnesota River, and then down to the Iowa border and beyond. That whole area is actually in a blizzard warning. And blizzard warnings are the highest level of winter weather hazard and advisory that you can have or warning that you can have. It basically is a signal of life-threatening conditions. So those life-threatening conditions, you know, if we're honest, yes, driving in the snow is dangerous, but uh, that's not really what we're talking about. So the timing goes basically like this in Minnesota. Um, snow will fall on and off um, through today, that's Wednesday, December 21st, and into the night, probably ending very early sometime Thursday morning before most people wake up, you know, 2, 3, 4 a.m., depending on where you were, a little bit later in far southeastern and far northeastern Minnesota. But most of the snow will be done by, uh, you know, daybreak on Thursday. And then there's going to be a little bit of a respite. That, you know, winds will be starting to increase, but they will not be out of control at all 
over uh, most of Minnesota, maybe far southwestern Minnesota, we'll have some 30 and 35 mile an hour gusts during the day on Thursday. But after 3 p.m. to 6 p.m., that's when the winds will really begin to increase in intensity and they'll rem- and they'll actually continue increasing into Friday and the peak of the winds will be from very late Thursday night early Friday morning right through Friday and into early Saturday morning so the blizzard warnings that are in effect for Minnesota basically go from the afternoon on Thursday into Saturday morning so it's almost a 36 hour period so actually more than a 30, 42 hour period. So long duration blizzard event. And that's mostly going to be because of the snow that will already be on the ground that's falling now is then going to get blown around by 30, 40 and 50 mile an hour winds. Uh, And it's really those 40 and 50 mile an hour wind gusts that are going to cause, you know, the visibilities to drop wherever that snow gets lofted into the air and then carried, you're going to have very, very low visibilities. You're also going to have huge drifts that start forming on the roads. So the timing is snow on Wednesday and Wednesday night, a little bit of a break, and then winds picking up and very cold air pouring into the state. Um, You know, it's already quite cold, but the temperatures are going to drop even more. And of course, once the winds get strong, the wind chills are going to start bottoming out. So we're going to have wind chills from 25 below to 45 below, basically from Thursday afternoon into Saturday morning. Winds gusting 35 to 50 miles an hour, especially in the open areas from, you know, late Thursday into Saturday morning. And we're going to have in the open country, especially whiteout conditions anywhere where there's you know uh, where you have to go more than a mile before there's an obstruction it's going to be very easy for the visibility to drop to zero so if you kind of think jim you know that i don't know have you ever been in one of those classic prairie blizzards where it's a ground blizzard there's no snow falling but um the winds are just whipping all of the snow into a frenzy. Have you ever experienced that? Actually, yes. Had to pull off of I-94 and spent two nights in a hotel in Fergus Falls back in 1988. And it was scary. Ooh. It was scary Ooh. on I-94 before we finally found an exit. Yeah, that would be. That could be. It's, yeah, it's totally disorienting. You can't tell if any of the other cars on the road can see you. You can't see other cars until they're, you know, 12 feet away. Uh, people tend to use their hazards. So that's a really common experience out in western Minnesota and out in, um, you know, the Red River Valley and, and also in parts of far southern Minnesota. I shouldn't say really common in far southern Minnesota, but they're, they're not strangers to it. Uh, However, it's less common when you get into other parts of Minnesota and Iowa, and we're going to be getting close. Uh, You know, I I wouldn't be surprised to see near whiteout conditions on stretches of 35 um, north and south of the Twin Cities once you get into the open areas. I wouldn't be surprised to see whiteout conditions along I-90 and on 169, especially once it really opens up south of Mankato all of those open roads in southern and southwestern and western Minnesota are the, the open ones where there's long distances between obstructions are going to be especially bad. But that prairie style ground blizzard is also going to come to or nearly come to other parts of the state that aren't nearly as accustomed to it. I think in the Twin Cities, you know, to 
your friends' points or the whoever is giving feedback. I think that in the Twin Cities, it's just it's going to be cold. We're going to have reduced visibilities. We're going to have some snow drifting around so that whatever you try and clear off is going to come back and pile up in kind of odd places. And we're going to have really neat drifts. But uh, the visibilities will be propped up a bit because we have so many obstructions with our, uh, you know, our buildings, our houses, and just the topography of the area, we're pretty well protected. And that's true for a lot of the urban areas. But once you get outside of these urban areas, especially the smaller ones, and it opens up, you're going to run into problems very quickly. And because of the cold uh, and the wind chills that are with these with this blowing snow, it's a really dangerous situation. Um, there are actually historic kind of tragedies that have hit Minnesota in years and decades past that uh, we don't want to repeat, but people assuming that they are going to be okay because it seems fine in town, they get out of town, they get disoriented, and their car uh, ends up stranded, and then and then they leave their vehicles, which you should not do, um, and they end up you know disoriented and unable to get back to their vehicles, and that's never a good ending. So I don't want to promise any dire outcome like that to anyone, but this is the kind of situation where. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if roads between Minnesota and Missouri, uh, not maybe all of them, but many of them between Minnesota and Missouri and all the way into Indiana and throughout much of Wisconsin and Illinois, I wouldn't be surprised to see lots of roads closed on Friday and on Saturday, because this is a regional sort of near ground blizzard type event that's going to sweep across the whole, you know, an air, multiple states covering hundreds of thousands of square miles. So dangerous conditions, you, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to, you know, cry wolf. But this is one where I think people should probably heed the warnings because uh, it's easy to think that you're bigger than this or that you're a good enough driver. But, uh, you know, everyone you ever see in a ditch uh, or, uh, you know, or with their car stuck on the road or tipped over or whatever, those are all people who thought they were good enough drivers, too. So it's. It's important to remember it can happen, and these these are the kind of conditions that, uh, you know, if you tempt fate, they can they can bring some uh, really dire conditions. You do not want to be stuck outside between Thursday night and Saturday morning. Well, keep an eye or an ear on your favorite source of weather information. Be safe. Be very cautious of changing road conditions. Remember, it's going to be cold as well. There's a danger of frostbite. So uh, as I say, uh, stay safe. We know a lot of people are traveling, but uh, Kenny, I think as you once said, um, even though you want to see your family or friends, they would prefer that you remain alive. So don't take unnecessary risks, uh, especially in a system like this. Correct. Yes, I agree. And you know, this isn't going to be, once we get past it, there's uh, already signs of milder, not necessarily warm, but at least milder conditions just around the corner. So just hunker down get through the weekend. Um, by Sunday, you'll notice a difference. And by Monday, you, you probably will too. So um, just say, uh, hunker down and be safe and uh, don't do anything silly. Kenny, you and I will reconnect next week. We will talk about this storm. And it's also about time to start thinking about the top five weather events of 2022. We may have some candidates uh, for that honor to discuss next time. Correct. It's been quite a year, though, so there's a, there's a lot of good contenders up there. Well, Kenny, be safe. Happy holidays to you. Happy holidays to our listeners, and uh, we'll catch you next time.
Thanks a lot, Jim. You too. This is Way Over Our Heads. It's a weather and climate podcast. I'm Jim Dubois. Kenny Blumenfeld's a climatologist. We'll see you next week.